Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast and the YouTube video and everything if you're watching this from wherever we're at. You might notice that Nick is not here, sadly. We have a Nick, we have a different Nick. Hello. We have to substitute him. And I got Brian, the guy behind the scenes that you don't see normally, is now in front of the camera. Yeah, it's my first time. Can welcome I get a welcome to the podcast, guys. <clears throat> um, so, Nick Agwigwi. Did I say that right? Agwigwi? Agwigwi. Agwigwi? A Is it a gigi? <laughs> a gigi. It's a gigi. <laughs> a giggles. <laughs> a giggles. You're very giggly. I know. I like that. I love okay. this. This is going to be great. <laughs> so, Nick, out. a gigi. I said that right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to spend the podcast figuring out his last name. It's taking about 80 tries so Nick, to get this right. Nick is Phil Wickham's and Brandon Lake's production manager and monitor engineer, right? Yeah. That's the Monitor right way to say it. And PM dude. He does all of it. He does all the all the stuff. So if you've seen their show or you see it coming up, are you going out on the next tour? The the whole summer nights thing? Summer nights thing, yeah. Unfortunately, I will not be the PM for that. Oh, but you're doing monitors. Doing monitors still. Um, Love it. Who is the PM for that? Named Peter Strife. Peter Strife. Shout out to Peter. Yeah. Congrats on the gig. Excited to learn from him. Love it. But we're going to talk to you right now. How long have you been doing monitors and production managing, period? Um, period. Doing <laughs> monitors. Um, doing monitors. I started, like, my first flight date with Phil in 2016, 2017. Wow. And then PMing was pretty recent. Um, I think it was the start of the Him of Heaven tour. It, I think it was 2022. Sweet. Yeah, right at the beginning of that. It was a steep learning curve just because, like, we've never done it before. Right. But, like, Tom Hester, um, <clears throat> before we kick off the tour, kicked off the tour, he was like, hey, here's some things that, like, you can keep an eye out on, and here's what, like, my advanced templates look like. So definitely learned quickly with the aid of Tom and kind of learned on the fly. Love that. Um when did you first get started in the sound? Tell us about the origins, um, the, the before times. The before times. So I originally went to like a Christian high school and like every Wednesday we had like Wednesday chapel. And my buddy at the time, Noah Holly, was like doing pro presenter and like audio and lighting for this chapel. And like I saw him leave class and I was like, hell yeah, I want to do that because I didn't want to like add to work, add to my homework, sit in class any longer. So like right. started to do Wednesday chapel and then that turned into like, hey, I'm volunteering at like the Sunday service with like the church next door. And they had like an XLA and like a massive L acoustics rig. And that's where I like met Gene Kim and like sort of taught me audio. What and church was that? It was called The Rock. Oh, The Rock, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Love that place. Home. Did you? A couple uh, homies still work there. Did Jacob you end Cervantes? up like, working Shout there out. at all? Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, I think it was 2012, 2013. Gene um, put me on staff as like A2 monitor guy, like bottom of the barrel in production, and that's where I like sort of learned through the church and all that. And I think I left staff in 2016. Yeah. And that's when you hit the road. 
hit the road, started freelancing. Um, yeah, I thought it was gonna be a big leap, but like doors opened and like got to work hard and yeah, it was fun. Sweet. It's been fun. It's kind of cool because I started off as a monitor guy too, you know, in this church here, you know, started off as a monitor guy and, you know, I was very young. I actually was volunteering as a monitor guy first. Yeah. And then I came on staff. Yeah. So, I mean, being a monitor tech, I feel like your, your role as a monitor guy, it's important because you need to know the band. Yeah. And I feel like with Phil and Brandon, you know that band really well and they like working with you and you know them and you know it just creates a good relationship with them yeah it's definitely like starting off in that position it definitely taught me a lot about like prep and building that like trust because for every bit that like you can't throw up a good mix like you have to be trustworthy enough and like set people up for success and like whenever the artists walk out on the stage, like just having, letting them have the peace of mind, like, oh, yeah. like I'm gonna feel okay, like this performance is gonna go well. How important is the relationship between you and the band members to do your job, but also them do their job better, would you say? I think it's probably the most important thing. Like, in what ways does it help it job wise? Um, there's a lot of trust and a lot of like nonverbals that go into like mixing monitors. Yeah, in terms of like trust and making sure that everything's set up, like I know we just said that, but like you get into a venue, you start loading in and like you get to know how a musician set ups their kit, sets up their kit, sets up their pedal board. Um, you get to know like how they place things in their mixes. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like, comfortability and just getting to know them like it's super important you know i was uh i think it was you know, it was a few weeks ago you know one of the musicians they saw me setting up on stage and they're like you put out the musician's pedal board i said yeah because it helps them out on sunday mornings to get ready for you know what they need to make happen you know yeah that's because i know them and one of the things I brought up to him, it's like when you know like your musician has a bad back and you know you could help them out by just putting something out for them on Sunday morning, it, it shows that you care for them too, you know. Mm. This is true. This <clears throat> is true. Yeah, and like even at the end of the day, like their job as a musician is to like play. Like you're, you're playing the part, you're performing, oh. you're doing the thing. And like for me, my perspective is, the more I can take off your plate so that you can focus on like what you do and like how you're most awesome, like that's what I want to do so that the team wins. Yeah, exactly. True that. Tell us a little bit about um, what the tours you have done have been with Phil and Brandon, like full band, acoustic sets. Yeah, it's been like different sizes. A toss up. So with Phil, like he always does the sing along thing. So that's like him and an acoustic guitar and. It, keyboard player and like other guest artists and then like that'll scale up to full band and then same thing with Brandon like full band um, I don't think we've done like an acoustic one-off thing yet but like I think Brandon's bread and butter is full band vibe um oh yeah yeah 
me and Brian went and saw that show actually that was, in LA at YouTube that was an Theater. Amazing show, actually. I guess really say, good. <clears throat> that was an amazing venue. That venue sounded that venue was phenomenal. So if you haven't been to the YouTube Theater in LA, yeah, pretty go, great new go venue. Go see something there. You know what great. I have to say is when Brandon did his acoustic set that night, it was really good. Yeah. Like when he started, I because I was expecting him to do rattle. Like, full band, everything. He busts out his acoustic and did it acoustically, and I was like, oh, this is a great moment. I was so nervous that day because when I tipped my console, um, something funky, like, happened. The power supplies um, weren't reflecting on, like, console diagnostics, and OptiCore wasn't showing up. So, like, we loaded in at 10, and, like, we didn't figure out the console situation until, like, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and thankfully, like, our front house guy at the time was Adam Taylor and Adam's like, Oh, I'm going to call Digico, like call Ryan. And they ended up like taking him through the whole sequence. And like, we got the console to come back online, but I was like, like it it got, it got enough and like bad to where the YouTube theater guys were like, we'll gladly roll out our three, three, eight. And you can like, did you end up using theirs? Did you end up getting your three, three, eight working? I ended up getting the three, three, eight back up online. Um, yeah, Adam, like, really, really, really dove deep into, like... Yeah, Adam knows his stuff with, yeah. when it comes to Digico stuff. The dude's such a beast. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully I, we get Adam on the show. He'd be great. Adam, you if you're watching come. this, Adam. So, yeah, take us into the um, the process on advancing, say, Phil. What do you go into a venue asking? What do they give you? Give everyone, like, a day in the life of the PM, essentially. For from like getting full out tour of bed or like one off. Uh, let's go with the the one offs, I guess. We'll start with that and then say what the difference is with the tour. Yeah, um, one offs are super like tricky because it can either be like a conference or a festival or like a private event, and it's kind of like a toss up where you don't you don't know what you're getting into. So the advanced process really helps iron out any like potential mishap. So. Um, I have like a template that I start off from, whether if that's hopping on a call or sending out an email. Um, typically what will happen is Brandon Breitenbach, Phil's manager, will say like, hey, we have this event coming down the pipe. Let me introduce you to their team. And again, like hop on a call, hop on an, uh, send out an email, and I'll basically go through like what they have and at the same time like send out our writer. Like, hey, this is what our audio needs are. This is what our lighting needs are. This is what our backline needs are. Um, typically, most of the time, like, the venues are set up. Like, they have an awesome rig, and for Wickham, we have show files for, like, almost every console under the sun. So it's a lot, we're a lot flex, a lot more flexible in terms of our, like, audio package. Um, but, like, again, going through the advanced process, um, top to bottom, like, hey, here's our writer, here's our input list, our output list, um, here's our backline spec, here's um, what we require for lighting. Sometimes I'll typically, like, get into the finer details where I'll have an MP4 of, like, a prior performance, and if we're not traveling with an LD, I'll say, like, hey, this is kind of what we're looking for in terms of lighting, this is what we're looking for in terms of camera shots if we're doing IMAG for the night. Um, but... Yeah, as far as, like, the advanced process, it's always book and then send off the writer, take him through the whole questionnaire of, 
here's audio, here's video, here's lighting, here's cameras, here's like the little miscellaneous stuff. Like, right. Yeah. Now take us into the tour life. Because obviously it's rough. You're on a bus. Yeah. Getting up early, going to bed late, probably. How does that day look? From it, morning to like night, the next gig in the morning or whatever. Morning to night, <clears throat> tour is a lot more fun than one-offs. One-offs, you always have like a lot more time to like go explore a city or go like get a drink or go hang out. Um, just because like we're typically not traveling with our own package and it's already like controls already being set up. So there's a lot more free time, but with tour, like we're traveling with our tractor trailer, we're traveling with all our gear. So like nine o'clock we'll do walkthrough and we'll take a look at everything through the venue. But like, again, starting off tour, like you'll go through the whole advanced song and dance with the venues and right. you'll touch base via email and call and go through that whole list again where it's like hey like if we're not traveling with PA like what PA do you have do you have a company switch on site if you don't have a company switch do you have tie-ins where we can get our cam tails in right. um, if not like do we need to rent from Sunbelt right. um, little tiny stuff that like sets up the whole career for success um, right but in terms of, like, tour advance, I prefer it a lot more because, like, most churches, like, everything's already there. You have PA, you have LED right. wall, you have, like, the solid people, but, like, some churches don't have docks. So true, you yeah. have to do, like, the lobby push. <laughs> we don't have a dock. I know so we don't. It, it, it can be fun getting gear in and out around Christmas and Easter. Yeah, seriously. You know, I, I do have to say, I mean advancing prepping that all i would say that's the most nerve-wracking thing to do <clears throat> like when yeah. people ask like when i go into a venue we're setting up they're like are you nervous i'm like no the advancing and setting up part yeah like setting up the whole making sure your ins and outs are there or you know making sure your inputs you know you're crossing your eyes or crossing your t's dotting your eyes that you, you know you're doing all of that yeah. to make sure that you're ready for that event when you walk through that door. Yeah, and, like, when I first started doing the, like, PM thing, Tom Hester was like, hey, this job is not stressful whatsoever. It's only stressful when you, like, forget to look at the things on your list. Exactly. And, like, that has been really helpful for me because, like, right now balancing stuff between the two artists, like, between one-offs and the two tours, like, both artists had one-offs going on in between sing-along and miracle nights so like Dang. trying to keep all that on track yeah. like if i didn't have my calendar and i didn't have oh. like my trello base camp stuff like trello your boy would be in trouble love trello oh my gosh we trello is I kind of magic tool great here into that what other apps do you guys use for do you guys use on tour and all that or master um, tour master tour yeah but recently beast. I figured out there's like a whole advanced portion of Master Tour. Oh yeah. I never That's knew good. that. It's so good. I did Chris Tomlin with Master Tour. That was my first time using it. I'm like, man, this app is great. It's got all my hotels, flights, lighting info, crew names, who's on when. It was great. It's freaking awesome. <clears throat> what are some other apps that help you do your life better in general? Apps. Apps, software whatever it might be honestly like from 
a PM perspective, like master tour, my phone and calendar and Boom. like Gmail. Um, yeah. I definitely want to pick our TM's brain, um, Caleb Cook, because he's a very big systems guy. And right. like, I know there's a software out there that can make the advanced process like a lot easier. Right. Um, just driving for efficiency. Totally. What's your favorite tool to use? Like on the road or... It's a tour you, you don't know. leave your house without. Frick. What's like top of the Pelican case? Top of the Pelican case. Um, or what's in your Pelican case, actually? That might be better. I have yeah. like... A group of items. I have like 10 Pelican cases at home. Like no way. All. One for every situation. Uh, I'm not kidding. Like That's I have a whole like freaking um shelf in my closet and my wife's like really like you added another pelican and i'm like oh dude God. this is you're like, married yes didn't even know he was married i knew he was married three years no BB. way congratulations how many what what's your three. wife's name three amanda wow. amanda congrats amanda you got yourself a keeper here what else is in your pelican um honestly like it's a toss-up so for tour um what I'll do is I'll basically throw into all the Pelicans and I'll either fly with it or send it via UPS or freight and either send it to Spectrum or send it to one of the vendors. And like, I'll download all that stuff into our work boxes. Um, but in terms of like top to bottom, there's like a backline Pelican that has like Dang, pedals and like tuner pedals Sweet. and one spots and all that random stuff, like moon gels, just making sure that like the band guys are set up because like, Honestly, sometimes they'll forget stuff, and like, I hate having to go to tour supply and like look for strings. We got like Donovan, who's oh Phil's MD. He plays for us, and it's crazy. He'll play here Sunday, and fly out and do a show, or reverse that, do Phil's thing, and then fly back and do us the next morning. I'm like, I'm not surprised he misses. I don't know how all he does it. It's crazy. The nice thing is, is, like, you talk about beast. like musicians, you know, not forgetting things we and we have like you know tuners and stuff for them just in case that they forget it you yeah know, having our top work box they're like yeah we've got our tuner today oh let's go grab it for them you know just being prepared for them to make sure that they're successful for their you yeah know, for a church service or a tour or one-off that they that they're you know set up for uh, success too you know yeah and that's totally. like kind of you hit it right on the head, like circling back to what you're talking about with trust with the musicians and trust with the band. Everyone's going to forget something at some point. And like, hey, I'm here to set you up for success. Like, whether if that means like, dude, you need a freaking like wipe cloth because you're like raging and you're like turning into a, a sweaty monster. Like, I'm there for you. Or you forgot like a right angle quarter inch cable. Like, I'm here for you. I got you. Oh, yeah. We have tons True. of those. Uh, what's, I would say, what's your favorite Waves plugin to use on monitors? Are you like a big Waves guy when it comes to it, or are you one of the type of people that, I just use the console. The purists. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm an equal, equal opportunity tool go. user. I don't know. In terms of like Waves, um, I haven't really used it much until like two years ago, a year ago, um, from this last fall tour. But in terms of like plugins, I really, really, really like the uh, the SSL Master Comp. Like, oh yeah. I know it's such a cop out, but like, it sounds good. It sounds awesome. It sounds good, and everyone uses it. 
I wish there was a way to like get the Neve. Was it like the PM two B or like oh, yeah. the master bus processor with like the depth and the width? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, gosh, that'd be so nice to have. If Sheesh. I could like tour with one piece of audio gear for like every intermix, that would be the one. Man. Dang. Yeah. That actually would sound really good. Yeah. Hey Waves, you should make that. I'm I'm just saying you should make it. That'd be great. Sponsors. <laughs> yes, yeah, sponsors. You know what's funny is like. <laughs> Lately, I was using Waves a lot, you know, and then there was like one Sunday where I couldn't get Waves to work and I didn't use it. Yeah. I will never forget this. I had someone from the congregation come up to me and he gave me a fist bump and was like, bro, that is the best mix I've heard in this sanctuary in a long time. Oh, my God. And I was like. After Waves. After Waves. <laughs> and I was just blown away. I was like, well. Granted, he's probably just a normal you guy. Know, I, knows, but Yeah. Well, then I found out he 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 uh, works at one of the at Teen Challenge up the road. Oh, there and you go. I was like, oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah, it's like you know, I like waves, and it kind of made me think. It's like you know, maybe I was using too much processing, mm. you know, and how can I kind of break that up, you know, to use what's on board but use waves more as an ear candy yeah. type of thing to kind of just sweeten the mix almost. Ear candy. But yeah, I'm I'm more I'm more like I love waves. I think it sounds great. I just more have been on the road of you know more. How can I use it more tastefully? Mm. You know, um, that's kind of where I've been with that right now. But it also differs from like end of the snake perspective, like front of house versus monitors. Like I wanted to use waves sparingly because number one, like latency, like you can't oh, just yeah. add a crap ton of stuff for years. And number two, like, one thing I really dreaded, at least for Lake, was, like, tour is always going to be easy, dialing up, dialing up a mix, because, like, SE venue, like, if your SE's great, everything should sound pretty close. Yeah. But, like, one-offs, like, you can get a D2 rack versus a SD rack, and, like, the tonality between the 32-bit card versus a regular input card, like, it changes, and then you throw in waves on that, and, like, if you don't have a redundant server or your like waves rig takes a dump, like you're hosed. Oh, you're you're so screwed. Very true. Like what is the most catastrophic thing has happened to you on tour or a show? Not on tour. I actually have like maybe two or three. I was a kid, like A tuning a corporate event and um I was like eighteen or nineteen at the time and the event was like a gang conference, like FBI, DEA, like local police agencies get together and like talk about like, hey, these are the sting operations that we're doing and like this is what we learned. And one of the topics for the day was like the sex trade. And there was a hooker, a former hooker that was like part of the sex trade. That was the keynote speaker. And like, she was a very forward woman and like knew what she wanted and like, very vocal and like very controlling of the room and like I walked up with her I walked up to her with her laugh like right before she took stage and I was like hey Nick I'm like here to mic you up and there's like a whole bunch of cops in the room and she's like wearing this like low like low cut top and she's like looking at me like well are you gonna mic me up and just like fully expecting me to like do the thing and I'm like that's great Um, that's fun (laughs) <laughs> but in terms of like 
recently, like, oh crap moments during tour. Um, on the Wickham Him Heaven, we were loading in in Holland, Michigan, um, oh. during the winter, and it was like... There it is. I was like, I bet it was during winter. 10 degrees outside. Oh, no. No shit. Oh, no. And, like, this venue didn't have a dock, so we're, like, pushing everything down the ramp, and there were two volunteers that were taking deck down from Dang. the tractor trailer into the dock and or into the loading area or whatever. And this guy was like not paying attention. So he's like holding the deck and walking down the ramp and like falls and like does a tumble from the tractor trailer onto the concrete, onto the ice. And like he had to go to the hospital and get surgery. And that was probably the first time ever where I was like, dude, this is like, this is real. Like people can get hurt. Yeah, people yeah. can get really Crazy. hurt. We, uh, we had a one time at the crusade where I think one of the trusses fell on someone's head, right? A pipe fell and hit someone yeah. in the head, yeah. Oh, my that gosh. That was crazy. That Yikes. Was a, not the a good... The ambulance showed up and everything. From then on, it was like they tried to get everyone to wear hard hats, which now you do have to wear a hard hat, but most of the people either don't listen or they're not close enough to need one now. But it's wild. You know, if you haven't seen Phil Wickham or Brandon Lake yet, you clearly haven't been listening to music. Or Christian music. So tell, tell us. Do you listen to Christian music? I do. Well, that's good. It's very inspirational. That's great. That's great. Speaking of inspirational, tell us about this Thomas Rhett EQ thing I hear about. Oh, my gosh. This is a great story. We were talking <laughs> about this. It kind of actually started with, we were talking about, like, Phil's EQ. Is this Smitty's, like, EQ, too? I think so, yeah. Oh. Curious. Did he come out with him or no? No. So, so like it was just Thomas by himself. Thomas by himself. Like it was an acoustic thing. Reached out to his team and was like, hey, is there anything in particular that like Thomas is looking for? Because like we ran into his package at Spectrum when they're in prep and there's like SD7 with a whole bunch of like Lexcons and like full outboard gear. Just like boom, massive. Anyways, um, the stuff that they sent for his mix, like there was a screenshot of like the channel strip for the EQ and then a screenshot of like the dynamic comps for his EQ and like obviously very 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 bright but like high pass at like 300 and like dips everywhere from like 200 to 500 and then like plus 10 dB at like 10k mm -hmm. and then like yeah. kind of the same thing in like the dynamic EQ yeah I mean you want to talk about AM radio sound that is that I could just hear that in my head right now just all those S's around 10K just hitting your ears. Don't DS this. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it was super, super bright. Super. And Phil's, wow. when we were talking about. That's pretty crazy. Because we brought up the conversation because Phil kind of does the same thing, right? With well, I remember ears. Brandon liked to boost his stuff yeah. up there, up in that range. I mean, it's like anywhere from Felt like 235 to 300 for a mm. high pass, and then, like, wide Q dips at, like, 200 to 500 and then bump it like 3k and a bump at 10k yeah and he likes that that reverb too on top of it so when you switched to the de facto mic did you still have to do all that stuff with phil's EQ um, phil switched to de facto yeah so how long ago dude that was like is that this is this one right pretty recent no it's actually the one that i'm on oh the one you're on yeah, 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 yeah. um you could sound like phil wickham 
I don't think so. I this is amazing, right? I don't. I don't have that. I don't have that angel of a vocal. You hear it, Phil? Because we know Phil's gonna watch this. Because his boy's on. Yeah, yeah, he is. Hey, Phil. Swapped it out a year ago, but um, in terms of like how it translates, um, less aggressive EQing um, was yeah. able to get away with a lot more, and it also didn't help to you that like when. Because at the time, Jonah was mixing front of house and, like, wanted to take out the 4018. And um, between that capsule and, like, mustard, it it helped clean up his vocal, like, a lot. Like, I remember in the early days, like, when the dude had a wedge and, like, would sing into a 58 and oh, sing with, yeah. like, one ear out and one ear in. Like, That's rough. that was crazy. Yeah, when he, was, rough. when he was here at those times, we had a wedge in the ears for him and he just made it work. And then I heard the story. I was talking to Brandon, and Brandon goes, I was like, when did Phil start wearing both ears? And he goes, oh, Gene. Dude. Gene. He said Gene, ma- he said Gene, the legend. He said Gene made it happen. Gene Kim. So, Nick, you've been production manager for a while now. Getting, getting on here, what, three years maybe? Two years? I think two, yeah. And you've been doing monitors for very close to ten years professionally, right, with Phil and all that? 17, 18, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, point to point a while back do you guys remember that it was like a post where like hey like your yeah. house of worship your corporate like you're doing this you want to get into touring like here's mm-hmm. some things that you need to consider yep. i feel I like remember reading that crazy. yeah like people always think grass is greener on the other side and like it's a double-edged sword mm-hmm. so like people that want to freelance whether if that's touring or doing corporate like you see the freedom you see the flexibility you see the higher day rate but with that comes like the uncertainty of like what next quarter is going to hold for you. It's true. Like you can have three months booked out on your calendar. You can have one month booked out on your calendar and you're like, you have three months and it gets canceled all of a sudden. Yeah. And like an artist gets sick or decides they don't want to tour and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's why I was like, to really try to understand what you're getting yourself into because if you're going to freelance, like I was doing the thing during COVID and I basically got caught with my pants down. Like if my wife and I didn't do like the Dave Ramsey thing where we paid off our debt and like we saved up for like three to five months of expenses. Like because you were freelance through through COVID freelance through COVID a tiny bit. But like my friends were able to like hook it up and I got a nine to five in San Diego and like that helped pay for the bills. But that's good. Yeah. In terms of like tips and pointers again, like really understanding like what you're going to get into. Um, when I started freelancing, like I realized that a lot of people have the mindset or like kind of the idea that I'm going to leave my job and gigs are going to come in. Mm -hmm. But like when I first started freelancing, leaving the rock in like 2016 Mm -hmm. and again, freelancing after COVID, like, it took a solid six to seven months of like 
people people really knowing in the market like hey this dude's available for work so people just forget yeah Mm -hmm. i had the same thing i was i was i wasn't full-time freelance because i was still part-time at harvest but i barely worked at harvest at the time before covid and then covid hit and i had nothing but harvest Mm. because we were still shooting stuff and they finally brought me back on full-time but it was the same thing after covid ended it took probably a year before i started getting phone calls for more freelance work which i can't take as much now because i'm full-time but totally relatable like i can't imagine if i was full-time freelance it would have been miserable yeah it was wild man covid was that was a hard time because i remember there was a time at harvest where we were only working one day a week whoa yeah and thankfully they still paid us and they still paid us our full hours shout out to greg yeah thank you (laughs) um so, yeah, well, thanks for joining us on the show. Any bit of uh, shout-outs you want to give to people who helped you along the way, maybe? Honestly, like, first and foremost, like, thanks for having me on the podcast. Of course, of like, course. Yeah. Glad you could join us. Just the dude doing the thing. Um, in terms of, like, shout-outs and thank you, like, Daddy Bright, Daddy Gene, Bright. like, super Brandon, thankful for shout out to you, the yeah. opportunities got good crew good people yeah, thanks for people. sharing them with us all right well thanks again nick brian do you have anything you want to say in closing uh i do have to say it's a uh, nice not to uh be behind the scenes today yeah every now and then we're gonna do whenever me or nick are gone we're probably gonna do an audio version this was the audio version of it i guess for about for sound guys we, we want to expand our horizon you know beyond the lighting world and creative also go into audio creatives as well and pms and all that so this was great i think it was a great change in pace thanks again for coming on thanks for having me and of course if you like this video make sure you like subscribe to the page to view more if you're uh, listening to this we're on everything apple music apple podcast spotify i think is the main one we're on so make sure you follow us and thanks again for watching crew talk